So welcome to the debut episode of London Heal. I'm your host, Tatiana Kosezanov. We all know that regular exercise is essential to living healthy longer, but in addition to looking good and keeping fit, exercise can have a profound effect on mind and spirit as well, as well as just the body. A perfect example of this is my guest this evening, um, Virginia Chernoski, or simply Coach V. Virginia describes herself as an accidental coach and a gym owner who spends her days helping predominantly older women get back into the best shape of their lives, both mentally and physically. So first of all, welcome, Virginia, and thanks, a bundle for taking the time out of your crazy, crazy schedule to come and talk to us today. And I'm really interested. So how come an in accidental coach? Tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, well, oh, thank you for having me too, Tatiana. I'm delighted to be here. Um, accidental coach. So I was a lawyer for 22 years and thoroughly despised every minute of being a lawyer. And I was constantly looking for escape routes. And about four or five years ago, I actually got myself a coach. And I approached the coach and said to the coach, can you help me quit my job? So we went through coaching and I didn't quit my job. I just changed jobs, went off and did another law job. And then I decided that enough was enough. I had to leave. But I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I told them that I was going to make granola bars, which is quite ironic because I loathe granola bars. But I, I guess I thought that, that was something that people couldn't really challenge me on because it was so bizarre. Um, and certain things happened in my life. Basically, I left my job. My husband was made redundant and I had to work. And the only thing that I could think of doing other than law was to follow my other passion, which is, or my, my actual passion, which is fitness. So I started teaching classes. Um, I found that I was connecting very well with the people who were coming along to classes. Um, I did a few coaching courses, and then I did a few more coaching courses. And before I knew it, I was coaching. And before I knew it, I had a space. And before I knew it, I had a good few hundred people turning up at my gym. And uh, a, a coaching um, client base uh, globally. So it was never on the agenda, but it is what it is now. And just to confirm that, your, your gym is actually in the Cayman Islands, right? It is. It is, yes. And that was, that was part of this journey of getting away from being a lawyer. Well, that was the first move. So I moved um, from, I was actually a very senior partner in a Scottish law firm who had offices in, in England as well. Um, and I couldn't think of a way to leave that job. So I told my husband one day, find a job, any job, any country, and we'll leave. So he found a really terrible job in the Cayman Islands with a really poor salary. So I had no option but to work. So I ended up back in law again. Um, and you know what life's like, time moved quickly. Um, I've got children, so you're busy with the children, you're busy in the office. And before I knew it, I had done seven years out here as a lawyer as well. And I made one change. So I told you about the coach that I got. So when I asked him to help me leave the job, um, although I knew I needed to leave, I didn't leave at that stage. I just switched into another law job. 
um, and then eventually made the move out completely. Right. And the fitness aspect you said was your main passion. Is, is that something that you felt kind of like helped you get through those, those probably very many dark nights of the soul when you were doing something that you so hated? The fitness thing is a, is a funny old one for me. So I suffer from depression. Not that you would ever know that because it's, it's, not, it's not obvious and it's something that I've hidden for many, many years of my life. Um, I, uh, I attempted suicide when I was 19 and uh, it, was a very, it was a very strange one. Um, I headed off to a nightclub to see out my life on the dance floor. Um, but the door steward noticed that the pupils in my eyes were very large and he thought that I was on drugs. So he wouldn't let me into the nightclub. Um, I stepped outside of the nightclub and it was as if I had some kind of bolt that said to me, there's more for, for life. There's more, a lot more to, to your life. So I phoned the ambulance, went to hospital, came out of hospital. Um, at that point in time, I was just a bit confused. I had just joined the Territorial Army as well and failed their basic fitness tests because I was slightly overweight, not very healthy, not very fit. Um, and I decided to make a change in my life. And I quickly noticed that the exercise was a really good way of keeping me balanced. So I was 19 and I haven't stopped exercising since. It's, it's, it saves me in, in every way, shape and form. So all through my legal career, I have um, basically diaried exercise into my schedule. Yeah, I've heard that from many people that, that once you get into exercise, it's, it's, it, becomes, it becomes a total crutch. And it's, it's also a constant and something that you can control even when the rest of your life is out of control. Did you have feelings like that about it too and still do perhaps? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it very much forms part of my day and I'm, I'm selfish about it. So whenever I'm programming my own diary, the exercise is always in my diary. And it's funny because I always remember in the very last legal job that I had, um, and well, I'll tell you something, what is even funnier, as a junior lawyer, I always used to make sure that I programmed my gym in and around my court appearances so that no one knew that I was heading out to the gym. So they always knew that I was heading out to court. But I would either head out to court 45 minutes early or come back 45 minutes late so that I could stop off and work out before the day. But in the very last job that I had, I remembered having a discussion with one of the senior partners in the office. And he'd come in and said to me one day, um, you've not been turning up for the Friday meetings. And I said, well, that's, that's right, I haven't. Well, you need to go. And I responded, no, I don't. And he said, you do. And I said, I work out at lunchtime. So do you want a happy member of staff? Because if you do, I'm going to carry on working out. If it's a really important meeting, I'll turn up. Otherwise, that's my time to work out. And that was the end of the conversation. So that's how important it was to me in my life. Um, it, it's very much a, a part of my life. Uh, just being able to move, I, it's so empowering to be able to move, to not get out of breath, to know that you can get up and down from the floor um, and just to be able to, to be strong. 
yeah, I don't want to obviously delve too deep. It's a it's a sensitive subject, but um, oftentimes with with my clients in in um, context of, of being a hypnotherapist, I find that a lot of people who suffer depression actually also have very much this feeling of helplessness, of of just not having control, of not being able to determine parts of of their existence and. Um, I think that's really a very, very central topic with, with physical fitness. When you're actually physically strong, it actually makes you mentally strong, right? Yes, yes, yes. No, without a doubt. Um, now I'm, you know, I, my motto in life is feel the fear and do it anyway. So I have absolutely no qualms now about jumping into things. As a younger person, and I've known that there's been something wrong with me um, for a long, long time. So I always knew as a child that there was some sense, great sense of foreboding that was there. Um, but now, uh, yeah, but very, it makes me feel very strong in, in all sorts of ways. Because I think if you've got the strength in your body, then you really can. You can conquer everything. You can work with your mind. You, you can do what you need to do. So, yes. Yeah, de definitely mental strength as well as physical strength. Great. So as part of your daily routine, I mean, you're, you're now a gym owner and you're coaching other people. So, you know, you're dealing with their fitness all day long. How do you still manage? I mean, you said earlier on that you schedule it, but I mean, how do you manage to get your fitness, the time just for you in with, with all of the classes and worrying about everybody else's state of health? I, I, sh I schedule it, you just schedule it. Yeah. and it really really is that simple and that is the methodology that I use to coach my own clients as well so I also do a lot of personal development coaching um, predominantly for high performing women mm -hmm. so I work I work with them and uh, I tell them to schedule everything into the diary be a robot put it in work through the flow and you'll always have gaps but you'll have more gaps in your diary to do things that you, other things that you want to do if you are quite focused and just program it all in. So I know what I'm going to do each day. Obviously things can turn up and it, it won't work out quite the way I planned. But nine times out of 10, I know what my day will look like. Um, I get up very early in the morning though. I'm lucky not to need vast quantities of sleep. I'm able to wake up naturally in the morning but I try very hard to make the most of all of the time that I've got. And the exercise is always there. And if I have a day where I can't do my own specific uh, workout, I'll just do one of the workouts with the classes. So it, it always works out. So you always get your, your bit in as well. But yeah, I think it's absolutely you know, crucial to, to put that at the top of your list because you're not going to be good for other people if you're not good for yourself, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. That's definitely something I see on a regular basis too. Right. So you mentioned that most of the uh, the ladies that come into your gym are um, high-performing ladies. Now, do they come in? Um, what are they looking for? What are they looking for when they come in? What are they missing? Um, is it just because they need a workout or have they heard about, you know, what you're offering and, and there's something that they're, that they're looking for specifically that, that would really interest me? Now, that's a difficult one to answer um, because are they looking for something 
I have created a tribe. So I have created an environment that the women feel comfortable in. So I find it goes back to what I have found just doing what I'm doing. Most women in their early years want to get married they, and, have, and have a family. They'll hide it and they'll say that what they actually want to do is have a career. And I'm sure that they do want to have a career. But I find that most women are looking for the comfort of the relationship. We're bred to have babies. I know that we don't all have them, but we're bred to, to have babies to continue the population. And we all do look for it. And even being a very strong woman, I know that I did too in my early years. I used to talk about the, the, the bravado and wanting to have this massive career, etc. And I did. But I also wanted to have a family. And I think what happens with most of us is we get married, we go through the job, and we become completely consumed by what is going on in our lives. We've got the children. We're looking after the children. We've got the partner. We're looking after the partner. We've got the job. We're doing the job. And before we know it, we've gotten older. We've aged. We've maybe not looked after ourselves quite the way that we should have done. The children are older. The children are becoming more independent. And all of a sudden, we look round about us and we think, what have we done for ourselves in the last 15, 16 years? Where's my life now? And I've created an environment where I show these women that that's okay. You can now go and you don't have to think any less of yourself. You can now go and you can now be super fit. You don't have to be 20 to be super fit. You can be 48 and super fit. You can change careers. You can do something different. You can have a life. You can still look beautiful you can still look after yourself. And I help them give their lives back. So the children are gone now. Be yourself again, you can be. You don't need to be comparing yourself to the younger generation of women. You've achieved so much. You're where they aspire to be. So love yourself for being where you are. And that, that's very much the environment that's been created in the gym. And it's that that I now use to promote everything else that I do. That's a really very beautiful message. And I, uh, I mm. absolutely, you know, you got my vote 100%. Oh, thank absolutely, you. Absolutely. So let's talk about the fitness. So what kind of fitness do you recommend? Because um, for somebody like me, who is probably not the fittest person out there, um, I find it really overwhelming these days, just looking around and trying to figure out exactly what sort of exercise is suitable. And let's face it, I mean, for a woman who is perhaps no longer 20, um, you know, it's a, it's a different demand on the body. The body can, is capable of doing different things. So, so what kind of fitness and what kind of strength training or whatever do you actually recommend for that type of woman? Okay. So the first thing that I recommend is finding an environment that you're comfortable in. The environment's crucial, yeah. yeah. That, that's the first thing. So if that's in a gym, great. If that's doing a home workout, then that's fine too. But that needs to be the number one priority. You need to be comfortable in the environment that you're in. So if you're not comfortable in 
a high street gym, um, then don't go and do that and think that you'll eventually find your comfortable place there because you probably won't. You have to find the environment first. Once you've found the environment, my view is find an exercise that you can put up with. So what is it that you enjoy? So find something that you like and ask yourself how much time you want to commit. So if you're starting out, don't commit to hour long classes because even as a very fit individual, if you put me in a very uh, like an hour long class, I'm going to be so bored. Plus, if you're working out for an hour, you're not working out properly. So it's also a case of finding something that you that you enjoy. So whether that's some martial arts inspired program, a weight program, a body weight program, whatever, just find something that you're comfortable with to get you started. So that's the important thing for me is finding something that you enjoy to get started. Once you get started, assuming that you're really enjoying that, I thoroughly recommend that everyone does mobility. It is so important to be able to move your body and that's not necessarily doing yoga. Um, I'm, I, do, uh, I do a lot of the animal type movements. So that's a lot of body weight movements and it's just the ability to get down on the floor, to get back up again, to hang, to be able to catch yourself if you fall down and to move your body in the positions that you might need to move in. I always joke that the things that I want to be able to do is if I fall down a crack in, um, in rocks when I'm an old lady and I've decided to go uh, walking in the mountains and I'm down flat, I want to be able to get down and scurry along the ground on my elbows and my knees and not feel that I can't move when I'm lying down. So I do all of those kinds of movements. I also think that uh, it is imperative that we do strength training um, and in particular things like grip strength and upper body strength because as you get older um, that there's definitely muscle deterioration and we know that science shows us that there is muscle deterioration and it does become quite obvious so how many years are we going to live for nobody knows but you want to be able to have some level of strength there to be able to pick yourself up to be able to carry bags just to know that if something goes wrong you've got the strength to be able to move yourself so strength training for me is the other one that's massive and for me, it's also high intensity interval training because I like the metabolic effect that that has on you, the ability to be able to recover quickly. So I combine them all. I do mobility, um, I do strength training, and I also do the metabolic training. I don't enjoy the um, any of the distances, so cardiovascular, long intensive things, and I'm not convinced that it's good for the body either. I never feel energized after I've been out for say an hour run. I enjoy a walk but I don't feel energised uh, and I, I don't think it's necessarily good for the body and the joints either but that's that's basically me just telling you how I feel once I've done that. But put me in, put me on the weights, I feel great. Mobility, I love being able to move. It, it's To me it's liberating and it's empowering to be able to move and we should all be able to move rather than sitting on a chair and waiting for um, your wooden box to open up for you. 
<laughs> I quite agree with that. Also, actually, just uh, you know, due due to a personal thing that that happened uh, fairly recently in my family. Um, I was really, really terrified to actually read that uh, over a certain age, I think it's actually like around 75, that if you fall um, as an elderly person and can't get back up within um, a couple of hours, your chances of survival drop massively down below 20%. So that's exactly what you're saying really, is that you know even, even in mature and advanced years, yeah. You know, keep working your body really it can be a lifesaver at the end of the day yeah no absolutely I mean I saw it with my own grandmother after my grandfather died she sat on a chair mm -hmm. and that was basically the rest of her life and I always remember looking thinking that I would never allow that to be me and I had a discussion with my dad just recently my dad turned 70 so I decided to buy him a package of personal training sessions um, and I got a trainer that I thought would be perfect for him. It was an older man. And he said to me, get your money back. I don't want it. I'm too old for this and I'm just going to see out the rest of my years. And you think, well, you're 70. You could be around for 10, 15, 20 years. He's not in particularly good shape at the moment. So what does that mean? That you just sit around and wait for death to come? That, and that's not where I want to be. I have visions of being an 80-year-old and still swinging on bars and doing pull-ups because you, you are only here for a short period of time. Why would you want to sit and fester? I can absolutely see you doing that. And uh, huh? I, I'm always joking that I'm going to live until I'm 300. So I will be around to see that, Virginia. Okay, that was, that's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll be there too. And so roughly, what would you say was the actual age range? I mean, what, are, what is the top end of the scale of the people that are actually coming into your gym? The top range, I think the oldest lady that I have had in was... 62 or she might have been 63 but you see this is where it gets really sad so she came in in quite poor condition she went through a whole nutritional program with me she stuck out in the gym for about six months and she turned up religiously and she was looking and moving so well then she went off on holiday uh, she was away for about three weeks and she hasn't been back since. And that's what happens. At the, and this is why I say to people, schedule it into your diary and don't think about it. I know it's unpleasant sometimes, but schedule it into your diary. The fear that this woman has is starting over again. Yeah, I see that. In fact, that was going to be one of my questions, which is how do you, how do you keep your your clients motivated and so you don't actually even bother with motivation you just say schedule it in and it's got to be done yeah yeah, yeah. I tell yeah. them it's, it has to be a lifestyle thing I'm the, the you know I don't um there's no flowery stuff from me I will tell people to go away and rethink their lives um, I'm not going to motivate you motivation is not something that I can give you you're either motivated or you aren't what I can do is I can help you through the process. I can help you with the scheduling. I can be there for accountability, but I can't make you do it. 
if someone doesn't want to do it, they don't want to do it. And that's, that's the really sad thing about it. It usually comes on the back of either being overweight, being unfit or something going wrong in life. Whereas people will say to me, well, were you ever unfit? And apart from the incident that I told you about earlier on, then the answer is no. I've not allowed myself to go there because I like how I feel as I am. And I, so I try to, and I think that's why I share so much information on the Facebook page. And I'm also very good at emailing people. So I've got my email list of all my members in the gym. Uh, like the other day, for example, this was funny. I sent an email out generally saying to people, so here's how it goes. January and February, everyone's really excited. We're all fixing our, um, our healthy eating plans and we're in the gym and we're getting fit. February comes and we're all thinking about Easter eggs and Easter holidays and we take a little bit of a break and then things start to slacken off a little bit. Then you get into April and you're thinking about the fact that you're not eating healthily and you're not exercising the way that you should, but you might be doing a little bit, but not enough. You get to May and you start thinking about the school summer holidays and going away on holiday. You get to June and you think, well, I'll just start again when the kids go back to school in September. So you've worked really hard in January and February and then the rest of it has been downhill. And I'll always, so I say things like that and I did it only the other day and it was funny because a whole load of people who hadn't been to the gym turned up the very next day. So, so do I motivate people? I do things like that that tend to work, but that's more making them feel guilty. So that's not really motivation. That's like January the 1st, 12 times a year, right? <laughs> yes, no, exactly, exactly. But what I try to do is put myself out there yeah. and say, look, I'm 48, I've got three children, I've had a professional career. It is possible if you want to do it. And I, I don't think I can do much more than that from a motivational point of view. No, and motivation comes from within. And I guess, you know, actually motivation also comes from seeing the results. And, you know, when you feel so good about yourself, which is why I can totally understand the client you were talking about who, you know, having been off for a few weeks is, is then, you know, scared of themselves because they see that they've lost it and then they know they're going to have to get it back. And that's sometimes hard to do, but it's, yeah. uh, it's so, it's so worth it. And obviously nobody can actually see the beautiful Virginia, but let me tell you, she just looks uh, amazing. So. <laughs> so, but you know, I'd also really like to know, um, I mean, the work that you do with people, you know, you're, you're transforming people, you're transforming lives. You're, you've said that yourself. It's, it's not just bodies. Where, did you ever have that kind of particular moment when you, you got something happened or you got that kind of feedback where you just thought, yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing something really, really good here, really useful, a real aha moment that, that you were onto something. I did, actually. And it was probably the very first person that I worked with and the person that gave me the confidence to go out and do something completely different. Um, I was, had been working out by myself and I had been eating. And one of the teachers at my daughter's school had said to me, how do you look the way that you look? 
I work out, I work out in the gym just as much as you do, but I don't look like you. So I had a conversation with her and I asked her what she did and I asked her what she ate. And I thought to myself, hmm, okay, I'm going to try something here. So what I did was I said, come to the gym with me and work out the way I work out and eat the way that I eat. And she had a fit because I eat tons. I'm a big believer in eating lots to lose weight. And I do, I eat tons. I've got a very healthy diet. I do like the odd chocolate bar, but I've got a healthy diet, but I eat a lot of food. And I don't over-exercise, and I've found that that works. And I, I've also found with working with my client base that that definitely works too. So what I did with this girl was I increased her daily calorie intake by seven to 800 calories a day, which is a lot. And that was difficult for her because all she was doing was eating salads and vegetables and grilled chicken breast. Um, and I, I said to her, well, if it's not working for you, you're going to have to trust me here and try something different. So we did that and I cut an exercise all back and I had to, I exercised the exact same way as me. We took pounds off her and inches off her and put her in the best shape of her life for her to be married. And that was what, that was basically why she spoke to me. Her marriage, her, her wedding was like three months hence. Um, and she was desperate to change the way that she looked physically in time for the wedding. She was knockout. I think we took five inches off her waist in about 11 weeks. Wow, by <laughs> that's inches. impressive. Well, no, I've, I've got the pictures to prove it. It was, it was massive. And I cut her exercise. I took all of the cardio out of her exercise. And I had her do a combination of high-intensity interval training and weight training. And then we added all the extra food in. And it was a real battle to begin with. But at the end of it, I knew that I knew, well, I knew my methodology worked because I, I knew where I was. I just hadn't really tried it out on anyone before. So I tried it out on her and I thought, I, th this is it. I can go out here now and I can show these women that you can actually eat more food and do less exercise and get into the best shape of your life. And she's a massive ambassador for me now. Her name's Karen. She's a massive ambassador for me. She's just had a baby um, and she's back in the gym again. And she's probably one of my fittest women. She's just, she's, she blows me away. She's amazing. But the change in her confidence levels, everything, absolutely everything. So that was my aha moment. I tried my methodology out on someone else saw that it worked and thought, if I can do this for one person, surely I can do this for hundreds, if not thousands. And that's it. I've been doing, I've been doing that ever since. Great. I mean, we, we've been talking a lot about older women, but that just goes to show that, that this kind of approach to, to health and fitness is something that, you know, quite frankly, the earlier you start, the better. And when you have someone like her, who's now, you know, a new mum, that, that's going to be passed on to the young generation. And there can be nothing better than that, than knowing that you're actually bringing up a, a, a generation of kids that are informed about how important health and fitness is rather than yeah. iPhones and I've, Facebook. I've got, a bunch of, <laughs> I've got my bunch of young, of young. Oh, uh, I bet you do. Yeah. I do have them too. It's just predominantly older. And my own children are all very fit. That was going to be my next question. What are your own kids like? <laughs> my own kids? Uh, well, my son's off at university. 
uh, he's he's back in Scotland and I'm very impressed by the fact that he is always sending me messages to tell me what his new um, PR is, his new personal best in um, in his whatever he's doing, whether it's his bench press or his squats or whatever else. So my kids have all they've all been fit. They're used to seeing me doing it. Um, and their dad, their dad was, he's having a small hiatus at the moment. Um, but they all are. So my son, uh, he runs and he swims and he lifts weights and he boxes. Uh, he's, he's almost 19. Um, my almost 15-year-old daughter rides horses and she boxes and does jiu-jitsu. And my little one, who's almost nine, is uh, her next belt in karate will be her black belt. So she's training all the time too so it's it's what they know that's really amazing that's really amazing okay i'm slightly embarrassed now so i should have to go out and get my trainers on i can see that for sure so i'll send you <laughs> absolutely you you've put your you're on you're absolutely so on great so um We've been talking a lot about health and fitness and all of those sort of things. Um, I always talk about having having a three pronged attack that, you know, to to live really long and healthy long so that your health span is as long as your lifespan mm -hmm. is really a combination of looking after mind, body and spirit. So um, one thing I always like to to wish people and my clients when when we part company is to wish them health, happiness, and serenity because I think it encompasses that those those three sort of factors. So let me ask you those questions. How do you understand health? And if there was one thing perhaps that you could pass on to people out there, if there was one thing that they could change to to maintain their health and um, what would that be? So what's your definition of health for you? And if you could pass on the message, what would that be? To stop stressing. To, I think that's the most important thing is to stop stressing about things and to have the confidence that no, to, to know that no matter what happens, you can deal with it. There are so many people who stress over so many tiny little issues and if they just let it go and live their lives thinking about where they are now life becomes a breeze there's no need to stress it doesn't matter what comes your way it can be bad and it might be the worst thing that you think could possibly happen but you'll deal with it Wise words, very wise words. Yeah, stress is definitely the biggest, the biggest problem for so many of us these days. What about happiness? What is ha what's happiness for you? How do you find happiness? Gosh, how do I? Happiness for me is putting on my headphones and listening to, lis listening to a book. I, I love to listen to personal development books. So having the time to sit down and listen because sometimes I love to read and I've always loved to read and happiness for me is sitting reading a book but it's also closing out the world and listening to my books too enjoying enjoying 
the peace and the quiet that for me that I used to think happiness was how much money did I have in the bank um but I now know that it's not so just having the ability to to sit and enjoy where I'm at in my life in silence that actually makes me really happy there you go how's that to go that's perfect myself? that's perfect and it segues very nicely into the last one which is serenity so I guess you're happy being serene but do you have any spiritual practices that that, that you uh that you do that that get you to that place of, of a bit of inner stillness and serenity so one of the things that I that I, I said I was a lawyer earlier on. I have this need to be overqualified. So I I did um, a mindfulness course. So I am very good at sitting quiet now and just enjoying the time. And you'll find me down at the gym. I'm the crazy lady who will go. I'm lucky to have um, a gym that's down in a wooded area. So there's fields and things all around me. I like to take my shoes off and feel the ground beneath my feet and just walk, enjoying the sun, enjoying the little bit of breeze that we get here at this time of the year. But having my shoes off, feeling the ground underneath my feet and to come from a woman who 15, 10, 15, well, maybe 10, maybe even less than that, maybe five years ago as a lawyer, if you'd asked me that question, I would have told you it would have been heading on a plane up to Miami into one of the shopping malls to spend thousands of dollars on fancy shoes. Uh, to know now, to have having lived the life that I've lived and to know now that just walking on the ground in your bare feet can give you so much more joy. So that to me is serenity. Enjoying, in, enjoying where I am, enjoying my life, enjoying my surroundings. So kick off those thousand uh, dollar shoes and just walk barefoot. Walk barefoot. It's it is. It's that contact with the earth, isn't it? It really it does make a difference. I find that uh, I live in the city, so unfortunately, it's really difficult to actually do that. But luckily, I live very close to Hampstead Heath, so I can go out. And I mean, that was a priority for me. And it's a bit it's a bit difficult in the winter, but certainly in the summer, I actually kick off my shoes and walk barefooted because that contact with the earth is is really so important. It's amazing. I I love it. I, I love it. I no longer possess those fancy shoes that I used to wear. <laughs> I don't need them now. I've got my feet. Well, but you know, I'm afraid our time is almost up. In fact, it is up. I'm so grateful that you came to talk to me. And I think you've really passed on some very, very valuable lessons for people to learn. And um, you're an amazing lady. Keep doing oh, what you're you. doing. And even though you're in the Cayman Islands, um, I'm sure people can get an amazing amount from you um, online. So why don't you tell people where they can find you and uh, get some more information about you and maybe get some stuff from you online? Oh, the best place to go to look for me is on my Facebook page, which is called Mooslers by Coach V. So if you look, you look up Mooslers, M-O-O-Z-L-E-R-S. We can pop the link underneath in the description of the episode. And and that's it. I'm I'm on there. I share. It's, It's just a page where I share what I do, share my recipes. Um, and you can also listen to my new podcast called The Mummy Manual. I've just started that um, and I'm going to be sharing all things women. So on that podcast, you'll get everything from 
discussing menopause, to how to have discussions with your teenage children about sex, to, you know, how to get a salary rise, how to go in in an office where it's mostly men and your bosses are men and ask for a salary rise and feel confident about it. So I'll be I would have needed that episode about 30 years ago, but <laughs> to oh, learn how oh. to do that the hard way. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. But it's still a live issue. Well, I'll be definitely tuning in. I'm actually already a subscriber. I, I recommend that everybody else is too. And very much um, great thanks, Virginia, for taking the oh, time. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, please come on again. And maybe next time we can talk more about um, some more things about health and fitness and talk a bit more about your granola bars because I know that they're still on the cards, right? <laughs> they, are still, they are still on the cards. Yes, they are very much still on the cards. Great. Right. Thanks, thanks you again. For having me. I've enjoyed it. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.